Just a friendly reminder that the opinions expressed on this show are not worth a Canadian penny, so disregard anything you hear that might get anyone in trouble. And despite some of the great ideas you may hear, don't try them at home. Go to friend's house instead. Welcome to Slam Fire Radio, episode 455, recording live on Thursday, May 12th. I'm one of your hosts, Mo. I'm another one of your hosts, Kelly. I'm another one of your hosts, Adriel. And I'm another one, Kyle. Hello. Awesome. Hello. Hey, guess what tomorrow is? Friday. Friday the 13th. 13th. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Scary. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway. We'll get into what we did with guns. What we did with guns is brought to you by the Calgary Shooting Center, Canada's premier firearm retailer, and they are featuring the Caltech RDB. And apparently, it's a good price too. So check fourteen seventy fives. Yeah, yeah. They had a picture on their Facebook of like twenty of them. Hmm. Twenty. Good price. Good price. Yeah, I guess I guess uh, Caltech has sent a bunch of stuff in because I saw a lot of the. the sub the sub two thousands available at a bunch of places too. Mm-hmm. So it's the Celtic order. Canada gets it once per year. Yeah, the big the big <laughs> the big massive one. Yeah. Everything's cheap for a couple months and then they're all gone. And then the only place you can get them is CGN. Okay. So tonight we will start with Kelly. What did you do with guns this week? Okay. So on Tuesday night we had the She Shoots podcast and we had Lauren Stroud as well as Christy Tubb. By the way, Fantastic ladies had a great show. Uh, we had some giveaways from Kadex. So thank you very much to Kadex as well for sponsoring the night too. And uh, the ladies actually, I'm um, trying to get them to come on the show. So we have to talk about that after we're all done tonight, guys. Um, but um, yeah, ELR, super exciting stuff. And I think that it's something that Canadians, we need more of it. So let's talk about it and see if we can get more matches and different things up here. So it was a great time. Super informative. If you haven't seen or heard the podcast, you can do podcasts where you're here, Slumfire Radio. You can go and check it out there. But you can also check out the uh, Lady Guns as well as the Canadian University Shooting Federation's YouTube channel as well as Facebook page. So you can go and see it. They were uh, living, sorry, they lived down in the U.S., but they had some problems with their internet slash weather. There was hailstorms happening. So they were bouncing, both of them, bouncing in and out on their um, internet. So we made the best of it and, but it was a great interview and they had a lot of information. Super exciting uh, to talk about ELR. So extreme long range shooting, not extended because it's extreme down there. Three miles. That's extreme. Three uh, miles. The, yeah. 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 So uh, I did want to go back. Remember last week I talked to you about shooting my first IPSC match for the year that, that just happened last week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, the one thing I forgot to mention was that there was uh, eight or sorry, nine ladies that shot the match and that's a high percentage. Like yeah, there was absolutely. only, that was yeah. like 30, 35% of the people. Like That's great yeah. to see. Yeah. Very that's awesome. Yeah. So I was super excited about that. We had a new RO, ROing as well. And we had a couple of people that were helping with setup and also with scorekeeping and that too. So it was high percentage 
that's pretty good for women getting into it. Like we, anyways, but uh, the other thing that happened was he had a maple seed, uh, maple seed on Saturday. The weather was beautiful. It was 23 degrees or 22 degrees. Oh, too warm, too warm. And sunny. <laughs> and it was at Lower Trend Valley, which is one of our favorite places to go. And uh, we had some great shooters. The other thing that happened was um, we only had one, um, which was weird. We only had one rifleman, but we had some really experienced shooters there. Um, but I also, my, the participants that came, they, I got t-shirts from them that were personalized. It's really cool t-shirts. Uh, I'll take a picture and post it later. Uh, wine, they brought wine, bottles of wine for us and, and that. So that was really cool. Uh, the other thing that we did was uh, our instructors, we finished up taking the uh, Stop the Bleed course. So we're all certified in that. So that's fantastic. Uh, what else? Um, oh, yeah. Guess what? 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 It's Wednesday night. Skeet night is back on 30 degrees oh, yesterday nice. and sunny. But we had, uh, we went to the range because it was no longer pouring. Like Wednesday nights are our night. So um, it wasn't pouring. It wasn't super windy and it wasn't cold. So it was a perfect night to shoot. Uh, so yeah, Kelly and I, we uh, shot around. Well, okay. It's her first time back in a couple of months, more than a couple actually. It's six, maybe. Six-ish, fiber. Yeah, October, May. Yeah, it's six months. It was not a good night for it. Um, yeah, we won't talk about how many clays we had. Yeah, no, we won't talk about that. But it was a good night to get out and shoot, and it was fun. So renewed my membership there, too. They also talked about doing some uh, events and that so i kind of volunteered with that too so if they're when they're ready to run them like dinners and shooting and yeah so anyways it was good to see our people too so we now have on wednesday night again we have our own range yeah we typically go and we shoot by ourselves and have the range set up for us and then we go and shoot it because you know anyways so uh, what else? Um, yeah, and the other thing that I did was I made uh, Adriel's probably his mailman mad at me, or he will oh. be if he doesn't know. I had that heavy one's gone the slow boat right now. That one's gonna take a while. I <sighs> checked it; it's gonna it's due for the sixteenth. Why they went out at the same time and I paid uh, the same amount? Uh huh. Uh huh. This other one got here what yesterday, two days ago, and that one's due for the sixteenth. It was supposed to come in it's expedited post. Mm, but it's heavy. Yeah. Like the, the Canada Post mule that they put it on, they probably destroyed it. Now they're, they've got it on one of those pump, like the, the railway pump jack <laughs> things that like makes me go. They got anyway, it on one of those. So you know, man, listens to the show. Guess what? Fair warning on the 16th, you're going to have a heavy package going to Adriel. Just saying. Yeah. Have a good breakfast. <laughs> So all of our all of our sheep bosses got boxes in the mail this week or are getting them. So a lot of them are going to be happy. I apologize now to everybody who's like a Canada Post carrier. That's it. Yeah, that's me. What about you, Mo? Uh, I went to an IPSC match in uh, Barrie, Ontario. It was my first time there. It's a nice range. Very big. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just a level one, uh, just four stages. But the best part was it was outdoors and it was a sunny day and not that hot either. So it was like a breeze going. It was just 
just fun. It was just fun to to be out there. I got myself a nice farmer tan my first of the year, so I'm pretty cool. Ah, that's cool. And uh, and uh, and then from that match, there was uh, one of the stages, the biggest one. There was it was like three mediums and one large, and it was a large one with uh, what I would call like four like four corners to shoot from, kind of a thing. And um, and it's also like a memory one. So in the past, that stage like that would have given me fits or I would have been on my head, like, you know, how do I break this down or do I shoot what? And, I, and it just felt good to just, I had a plan and I executed it and I was just happy with it. So hmm. uh, I was, I would definitely go back there. It was, it was fun, good group of people. So um, just good experience. The other thing I did was my art pal is going to expire in eight months. So I went ahead and just renewed it. I did it online and I have to say it was pretty, pretty easy to do online now. Yeah. Like how uh, painless. Yeah. And how long it takes like to to add the photo and stuff. And um, now how long it's going to take to actually get it back. I don't know, but at least Mm -hmm. applying for it or reapplying for it was quick. And the reason I did so early, because like this is the first time I actually, uh, I would say, really care about making sure it's getting renewed, right? Because the other three times I've had a license for, I guess, 20 years. And the other three times I didn't even own firearms at the time. So I actually want to make sure I get it back on time. Um, I also registered for a match in uh, in Quebec. It's uh, it's called the, the Sandhill Club. And it's near Sherbrooke. So that'll be another outdoor match coming up. So I'm looking forward to that. And it's supposed to be six to eight stages. So that it's gonna be it's gonna be a good day. Um that's really that's really it for me. I did I did uh some small batch of ammo as usual. Um artisanal. Artisanal, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I have that special like twist thing that I put on it on the package when I'm done and stuff. Yeah, it's very nice. Holding it up with your hand. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it for me. How about you, Adriel? Uh, a couple things. Uh, so over the weekend, I was BTSA maple seeding. Um, it was supposed to be cold and crappy. Like I, I looked at the weather reports, looked at two different sources. It was like minus two to plus two. One of the weather reports said minus eight to two. So I was like, okay, it's going to be gray. Rain and snow, mix of rain, rain and snow. So I was packing up on my way out, and like, I took I took a look at my shooting bag, sunblock. I don't need that. It's gray and snow. It's gonna be like two degrees. <laughs> Chuck that out. Regretted it. <laughs> <laughs> Regretted it. That first day when it was supposed to be a max of uh, like seven or so, uh, depending on on the weather system you checked or weather service you checked. Uh, it was sixteen. It was sixteen. Yeah. It was sunny the whole day. It was gorgeous and uh, a little bit warm for me a little bit warm Did you get a little sunburn on your a little bit of sunburn i got that uh, that ring because i had to put a hat on and i didn't have like a flex fit to fit on and uh yeah it scorched scorched my poor dome <laughs> whatever um I'll, I'll, I'll take it and then day two was uh, a little bit cooler but still not bad like a little couple of snowflakes here and there but this is the mountains in may you're gonna get you're gonna get some snowflakes it wasn't freezing cold it wasn't raining on people nice. um, i was prepped for all that stuff and it just didn't didn't happen yeah um yeah it was good uh first day we had like uh 
uh, some guys from Korth out there, and uh, Deneen from Lady Guns was out there, and a whole bunch of people who'd already done a Maple Seed before, and like they all patched. They, they, they did really well this time around. Yeah. And uh, no, no wine or t-shirts, though, for me. So I win. Oh, I need, mm. I need to put that in my request, I think. I need to request <laughs> that kind of Rider. thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. It's got to go in the way. No brown M&Ms. <laughs> wine and t-shirts, please. Yes, so you haven't you haven't put it out there that they need to bribe you yet. Mm. Well, no, I ask you, but that just no offers. We make it very clear: five dollar bill, <laughs> and that hole will get will we'll break the line. Five dollar bill. I I work for coffee. <laughs> <laughs> no one has fives anyway, so usually they give us a twenty, and we'll just do oh, four. Sure. But uh, yeah, it's, <laughs> nice. uh, it was good though. It was a good day. Um, good days. Uh, Tom and I were out there, and uh, it was a uh, fantastic very very uh straightforward um second day we had a bunch of guys from discord out there we're we're on like a, a couple of different discord servers and I keep bugging those guys and, and a whole bunch of them showed up and even even the ones that i didn't know that were on discord were like afterwards messaging me and saying like oh thanks that was, that was great so it was uh, it was really interesting i saw a bunch of them irl um in real life for you mo did you know that <laughs> <laughs> is that what it means i don't yeah. even know so. yeah. yeah 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 um <laughs> try to think of other things that might have happened that were interesting no just really good improvement um i got my hat box from kelly uh on i think monday monday or tuesday and uh all sorts of stuff in there t-shirts varieties and, and whatnot, maple seed stuff i did some like changes to the maple seed website we had some meetings on it all our events yeah. are on there. So if you're looking for Maple Seed events, they're all on there and they're easier to find. So no like clicking through or anything like that. A little bit uglier, but uh, all the events. Yeah, it's um, better to be able to see all the events. Well, not all the events. We still have more that are coming on, but at least you can scroll through it and see what's what's available and you can click on it and you can actually register for it. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, if anybody is listening or if they want to go and check out the website, so there's a new look to it as well. We've added some some updated pictures and so adriel's been working on it so thank you adriel you've been doing a lot of work on it so thank you yeah appreciate it easy easy stuff um more gun room stuff i got more guns i don't know if you guys can see in the background there but uh we're getting we're getting close to to full on the rack and uh a couple of handguns up on the wall there i haven't quite figured out how to mount some of those like there's that that revolver how the heck do you do that i got all those other ones going like just into a pin like a, yeah. a rubber coated pin yep uh the 22 is a little bit too small so i just have it hanging from the trigger guard and same thing with the uh the ruger there hmm. um i got some ceiling tiles in and framed all the way around with the edging so i'll probably be doing that in a couple days here and uh i went to a boom mic so that uh Boom. I don't have to. Yeah, that's new. Boom. Yeah. Sounds good too. Sounds good. And uh, it stays out of the way. So like uh, if I needed something that I could do gun reviews with as well. Yeah. And just having that, that other mic was like, sounded great, but it's not great for uh, holding a gun out in front of you. Uh, I just had too many options. So I just went with like a decent quality. Okay. So have you banged your head off of it yet? (laughs) No, No, really? No, I have oh, it would be and when I get my ceiling in here, I'm gonna ceiling mount it and then pop Ooh. it like just just above my head on on camera. That is like so professional. That, yeah, yeah, I was gonna yeah. say you're you're a full pro now. Yeah, 
and then get the lighting and then I should be done. Should be done. Should be done soon. Uh, I got a new control panel V2 first version. I tried like putting a switch in that was like, drill it to this size and then it should fit. And I tried fitting it and it cracked in half. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, with the second one, I went Kydex for the control panel and uh, I drilled them a little bit bigger so that they fit in there properly. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Um, I got a new lawnmower and trimmer, which doesn't sound like it's gun related, but I'll make it gun related. <laughs> I want them like battery powered ones. It's like super quiet, works really well on your lawn. I got a, and, and I just wanted an excuse to mow my lawn. It's, it, it hasn't rained enough or anything like that to, to need to. I was on my lawn and then also all the streaming neighbors started coming over and introducing themselves. And one of them was uh, uh, a guy who um, uh, he's a pastor and he was mentioning, it's like, yeah, and, and oh, for fun, you know, I like to uh, I like to do skeet, you know, skeet. Yeah, yeah, I know skeet. Yeah, I know yeah. skeet. <laughs> I'm like, I, you know, dabble in three gun and uh, nipsick every once in a while. Be like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I'm at uh, Sherwood Park. So, <laughs> one of my neighbors who's like right next to me is uh, is a member at uh, Sherwood Park fishing game. So, there uh, are nice. I think that's all. That's something that could only happen in like Alberta. Like three random neighbors come up, and one of them, one of them's a gunny, and they volunteer that information to you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. yeah not my neck of woods. In, uh, in a lot of the no, not where I am either. Yeah. 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 But uh, it, was, it was interesting. Uh, this weekend, I have a wacky wedding to go to, and then I might um, wacky might get out and shoot some pistols or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't shot some of my, like, my gamer pistol. I just got it back the other day. I'm like, oh, yeah. it feels so good. <laughs> <laughs> I've just Aww. had, like, these other crappy ones, and everything else has been, like, transferred. And. <sighs> I don't care about the rest of them. I was going to say, I don't really care about those, but uh, in terms of rifles, I got to swap the barrel on that, uh, on my uh, MRA Maverick uh, over to 308 from 6.5 and uh, take that to the range. I still haven't done that, but I got my clamp and my buddy who's, uh, who had, who had the Rona uh, no longer has the Rona. So I was able to like grab my stuff from his place and uh, move it over here. So now I only have, uh, two other caches of places I need to <laughs> pull stuff back from. <laughs> All people with pal and pals and, and whatnot. Yeah. But uh, so, yeah. quick question: mm-hmm. Has your wife been in the room yet since you've added? To and this? she will. She will never be in here again. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I don't know how to broach that one. Like all of a sudden it's going to go from like, Oh, there was that many. And now there's this many. <laughs> are they are all these years? Uh, yeah. yeah. More, more or less. More or less. Yeah. Yeah. More or less. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that's uh, well, good. to It's good to fit stuff in here. I got lots of room up there, so I, I can put, I got all sorts of room for activities. You need a different display yeah. method for the pistols, I just have to say, because... You know, you're not liking the, you're not feeling the, the no. hanging down and just kind of doing... No. I don't mind the straight in, that works, but, yeah, I, I, but I might need like from, one with like a smaller diameter rod so I can fit the 22s in them. Yeah, not from this perspective. All I see is yeah. the butt of the gun. That's it. Yeah, but I don't yeah, care. It doesn't really show you can look at it. Yeah, but uh, why do you have flat wall at least, then? At least bend them at a 45 to the wall. I did a couple like that. Um, I've actually got a whole bunch. I don't know which which shoulder, but I've got a oh, whole yeah. bunch up here somewhere uh, that are like that. So I, I, I could do that um, and then have them showing off from the side. Maybe I'll do that. Not on camera, though, because we're on YouTube tonight. Can't do yeah. that. Breaks the rules. <laughs> yes, it does. That's it for me. How about you, Kyle? Uh, not actually a whole lot, but it was busy. So 
we arranged hosted the Grand Prairie Oilman shoot, uh, sporting oh. clay shoot this past weekend. It's typically our biggest shoot that we we host, and there yeah there was over two hundred and fifty shooters there, and I just ran around filling machines and making sure that everything stayed running, and then Crystal ran the bar at night. But it was a fun day, good day. Uh, everyone there seemed to absolutely love it. It was. It's a smash event. They've been two years since they were able to hold that. So everyone was definitely happy to get out and do that. Huh. And then we had CFO visit arranged for inspections uh, Monday and Tuesday. Uh, after Monday, we were, we were digging through the book. We'll say that. Oh dear. To come up with ammunition, but. They, uh, cause well, CFO has changed in Alberta. It's now provincial. So the two inspectors they sent out, I swear they, now I wasn't able to be there for the inspection. So it's the second hand that I got like Monday night talking with the, with the guys, but it was like their first range inspection. And of course we're, besides our renewals, we're doing something that really nobody's really seen around here. Mm-hmm. So there was it was interesting, but they came back on Tuesday, did the rest of the range, and they spent like an hour on conference call talking to other people. A couple things that we got to touch up and and that, but now we're just, we're waiting. Hmm. So it's after Tuesday, it's looking a lot better than after Monday. So, and by the end of next week, we'll have all the stuff that they wanted fixed done. So yeah, now we just wait for the actual piece of paper. Sweet. Nice. Yeah. Coming then, soon. Coming soon. Coming soon. Yep. Hopefully. There's probably about four or five different levels it's got to go through yet. But yeah. Hopefully they just get it through. And then we had our range, our monthly range meeting last night and uneventful. It was it was actually good. Financials are looking good, especially after the last two years. So yeah, you spent a lot of money. We've had some events, and so now it's starting to to look really good. And then, yeah, I might go to the High Prairie has a gun show, and it's I heard there's like three arenas sold out for vendors. So I'm thinking I'll make a trip out there this weekend. How's the internet? Ah, it's. It's good. Oh, uh, High Prairie? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, at the gun show. Yeah. I, you should should have cell service there, so. Okay. Uh, good. <laughs> <laughs> hot but spot. it's this weekend. It don't matter. Oh, that's true, too. Okay. Yeah. All right. That's it for me. That's it for you. Okay. Uh, we'll get into upcoming events sponsored by Telus Alpha. Telus Alpha is a Canadian digital agency that works exclusively in the firms vertical. They help with business processes, strategic planning, websites, e-commerce, and battling the stigma the industry carries with banks, merchant processors, and social media. Learn more at telusalpha.com. So we're going to talk about some uh, maple seed events. Yeah, I actually have a list this time, so I came prepared. You ready? Okay. 
We're okay, ready. Sas- okay. SAS Landing, uh, Saskatchewan on June 4th has seats available. Chilliwack, BC on June uh, 16th and 17th has seats available. These are, by the way, the only ones that are available. We have a crap ton that are sold out. But I want to tell people about uh, the ones that still have seats available. And you can go onto the new and improved website to find uh, links for those, by the way. Uh, we have Kamloops on the 24th of June that has uh, seats. Lloydminster, Alberta. Is it Alberta? It's Alberta. It's Alberta. Mm. Saskatchewan. Technically the, range, technically, the range is in Saskatchewan. That's correct. Mm. It is. Uh, it depends. I, just put, I put Alberta slash Saskatchewan because it's close enough. Actually, yeah. Sask Landing is very, like for anyone in the Medicine Hat area, Sask mm-hmm. Landing is not a far drive for them either. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So I know that when I was at uh, Lloyd Minster, I stayed in Alberta, but the range was in Saskatchewan. So eh, yes. there you go. Okay, that's on June 25th. Uh, some of the other things is Grand... Did we release Grand Prairie yet? Yep. Okay, Grand Prairie, uh, the 9th and 10th of July. Uh, you can go and see uh, half there. Hey, are mm-hmm. you participating, by the way? You're the only person that hasn't been to Maple Seed out of the four of us. I am planning on it, yes. Excellent. Yep. Sign up. All right, Stittsville on July 17th has a couple of spots. Bonneville, Alberta is uh, July 23rd. Kamloops, another one in Kamloops is July 29th. Miramichi has, uh, Miramichi, New Brunswick, by the way, mm-hmm. has uh, some seats available on August 6th. Um, Drumheller, uh, Alberta, so August 13th. North Battleford, Saskatchewan, August 13th. And Blind Man Valley, where the hell is Blind Man Valley? Red Deer. Red Deer. It's, oh, Red Deer. I should know that. I have never heard of it. I don't. I've never heard of the range either. I lived in Red Deer though. I'm Mad Valley. So, August twentieth, and then we have some Cornwall, Ontario, August twentieth and twenty first, and first, and Tracyville, New Brunswick, August twentieth as well. Look, we're stacking them up. We're having three events all across the country on the same day. Lower Trent Valley, September third. We have some spots available. Fort Mac on September tenth and eleventh, and AMA. AMA in Dartmouth, Nova Scotia. Is it Dartmouth or Halifax? I think it's in Dartmouth. Uh, September 16th. Dartmouth is, Canada. Dartmouth is in Nova Scotia, but the range is in New Brunswick. No, I'm kidding. No, AMA. <laughs> Atlantic Marksman Association range. So I'm not sure. I think it's in Dartmouth. It's in the Dartmouth area as opposed to Halifax. So those are the ones that are available. Go to the website. So maplesteadrifleman.com. Go and click on the new links that uh, Adriel has put together and uh, go sign up. That's it. That's that it. Sask Landing one. Lots of spots open. Yeah. That's gonna trying, be nice. Yeah. Yep. yep. Try to get to that one. If you're in Calgary, Southern Alberta, Southern Saskatchewan, that's your maple seed to get to. Yeah, Sean's talking about they had a couple from uh, Calgary that showed up at Sass Landing last year because they couldn't get into any in Alberta. Oh, especially in the Calgary area, they're hard to get into. They sell it really quick. Sass Landing is also close to, oh yeah, you said that, Medicine Hat. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah. so people from Medicine Hat go to Sass Landing as well. Cool. Or vice versa. I don't know. Awesome. Anyways, okay. See, I, I, can post, I can push the rest of these, uh, Mo, because they're uh, I'm somewhat related to them. There's going to be a BTSA or Chaz uh, three-gun match. Well, it's at mm-hmm. BTSA. Uh, this weekend, May 15th, there's camping there as well. So if you need to uh, stay overnight at the range, that is a possibility. Get in touch with those guys. It's on practice score. Um, Battle of Alberta is getting moved. Um, so that's the uh, Chaz event. Getting moved? 
going to get moved, probably going to get moved, like probably get to move, getting it moved at this point. Uh, so uh, I think I'm going to do something else for range day. Okay. Maybe I'll do something at Sherwood Park. Yeah. I don't know what have, day that's moving to. They're they talking about fancy castles and goats and <clears throat> slides. Yeah. I think I'm going to be in the face painting booth. Yeah. 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 Dunk yeah. tank. All I can do is like kiss members. That's like I can't do anything else. You ask for a cat or something like that, you get the kiss cat. That's that's it. <laughs> I thought you were going to kiss people. Not yeah. I was kind of wondering that uh, mixed up the face paint, and then he's kissing everybody. Like, yeah, me too. Know. I thought it was like so it just right. is band members. Band members. No one would pay me for the kissing booth. Star child. I see you as a star child. Okay. Although there were some people at Maple Seed who were very disappointed I didn't say hi, it's Adriel, the hunting gear guy. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> I just say hi, I'm Adriel. And they're like, I'm ripped off. <laughs> you need your handle. Rest of it. <laughs> yeah. So you said BOA was maybe being moved? Is that for sure? Or they're still thinking? Uh, I can't remember. I'll, I'll, I'll take a look at the email and I'll tell you afterwards. I'm pretty sure it's a for sure thing, but I, I only half look at things. Okay. We'll talk about ladies' days. Kelly sporting the lovely new hat. Uh, also known as the CCFR Women's Division is looking to support sponsor ladies' days events at your range. This is a range-driven initiative, but if you would like the sponsorship and support, contact Kelly at slamfireradio at gmail.com or info at firearmsrights.ca. And we'll get into the news. Um so it's regarding the some comments made by the RCMP officers involved in the uh, Nova Scotia mass shooting. I mean, so this is part of this inquiry, and uh, and this is CYA stuff going on. Just cover your ass, and they're mm-hmm. just, oh yeah, I don't think I would do anything different. I would shoot up that fire hall again, and uh, you know, hindsight's hindsight's twenty twenty, but I'd shoot up that fire hall again. Which, I mean, it's like sometimes you can say that. Um, I, I think there's a clear error, though. They're just saying yeah. it's for liability reasons. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, the uh, police union uh, president says it was textbooked, the way that things were held. Oh. I don't think yeah. it was textbook. Let's be real. <laughs> oh. Oh. If I... <laughs> textbook. Text, textbook. Yeah, that's, again, like when CYA is more important than uh, than integrity. Yeah. That's, that's the kind of stuff that happens, right? Yeah. So what do you got here? Let's see what you have. What's what do I got? Quotes. Oh, I don't think I would do anything different. It's a great benefit to go back and say if a new. Oh yeah, yeah. If you knew, On that, this, day, if you knew that, I didn't have that benefit at a fraction of a second to shoot up that fire hall, miss whoever I was shooting at, <laughs> even though I had a rifle in my hands, and uh, and then once I realized mistake, just drive away. <laughs> <Yeah>. Textbook. <laughs> yeah, sounds like it. It was a massive cluster. Well, from so many different people, right? Yeah, the more so they reveal people. about it, the more it's like, oh, that doesn't look good. Ooh. Oh, they definitely knew it was a, a risk. They were like, the, the, the news that came out today was like, they were texting family members and like, hey, there's a killer on the loose, but they didn't like warn the public They didn't like that. warn the public, yeah. except for with Twitter. I, I, I would blame management for that because um, like your general rank and file is like, they they know the risk and they're texting people to, to tell them and uh, yeah. whoever was up the chain of command that didn't choose to do that yeah, yeah. is well protected and we'll never see they're all retired whatever. okay yeah uh another story and it's related to that 
uh, to that incident as well. It was a third person accused of supplying ammo to a gunman sent to restorative justice. Restorative yeah. justice. I've heard that term before. Is that supposed to be like you're like you make good with the victims? Yeah. So that's so, what it sounds like. So it's yeah. an alternative. It's usually reserved for people who have not committed a violent crime. And mm-hmm. it is, and sometimes it's not, but what it is, is restorative justice would be basically uh, making good with the victims, the community, et cetera, um, like a healing circle. Uh, but it's also, uh, yeah, basically. Patching up the holes in the fire hall, just like putting some mortar <laughs> over those things. And yeah, it's all no, better that's, now. That's not what we're talking about in this case, though. But it's specifically if somebody, it's their first offense or something like that. It, instead of sending them to jail, they do this and it's... Basically, you might, anyways. Community yeah. service, something to make it right, right? Yeah. It's not community service. It's specifically working with the families, the communities, the community mm-hmm. itself and making things right in some way. So it's an alternative to going to jail. So the article itself is specifically about, um, well, it's James uh, Banfield, Lisa Banfield is uh, the common law spouse of, um, I don't even want to say his name. Anyways, uh, but her brother James is one of the ones that supplied ammunition for for what happened. And uh, when I you go through the you go through the article, both Lisa Banfield, her brother James, and another person uh, were all charged with supplying ammunition. What had happened was uh, Lisa and uh, the other person, uh, he they both pled not guilty and they were diverted to restorative justice, whereas James, he pled guilty and was about to go to court. But now that he knew that he could actually do restorative justice, and I'll put a caveat in there. Okay, typically you'll have the victim's families involved in this, but the mm-hmm. victim's families weren't asked to participate and they're not being asked to participate in this. So they're saying that basically, okay, you can do restorative justice. So he withdrew his guilty plea. Now he's going to restorative justice. And the victim's families are not participating. But once he goes through that, what will happen is he'll have no criminal record. Hmm. Now, the families don't get restored. Well, the families get nothing. They don't Isn't this the whole point of this, like making it good with the families? Like, I get it. Like, you know, he didn't he didn't pull a trigger. He supplied ammo, so it's it's not as bad. He, he but he did break right. the law, so he should have to do something to restore right. the families. He's a gun owner. He's a licensed gun owner, and he knows mm-hmm. he knew specifically because he stated, well, and the reason that he was allowed to do this was because of the fact that he didn't know what it was going to be used for. Sure, yeah, that's but but then BS excuse. Correct, but yeah, the reality absolutely. is he knew that it was illegal to purchase ammunition and give it to somebody who doesn't have a license. Mm-hmm. And the conversations that took place were put into this article as well. So it was saying, like, make sure you shop around. Don't ask, answer any questions. Give me this amount of 223. Give me this amount of 556, 12 gauge, 9 millimeter, and 40 mm-hmm. cal. So, and then he was asked previously to purchase ammunition as well. And he goes, no, I can't do that. You're not able to have it. But they knew that he didn't have a license as well. And then his sister actually paid him the amount of money that he spent on ammunition. I think they all need to go to jail, quite frankly. 
Well, yeah. it sounds like I need to apply for like anytime I get charged, I got to apply for that restorative. Jet. That sounds like awesome. <laughs> I don't right? actually have to do the thing. I just get off. Oh, that yeah. sounds awesome. Yeah. Anyways, they all knew that they weren't supposed to be doing that. Just a bunch of baloney. I was going to mm-hmm. say something else, but anyways, burns my ass. There's so many failures on this that are like, yeah. th- this is bad. Um, there's worse ones. But like the whole thing is just like a terrible miscarriage of justice. The whole the whole thing. There's so okay. many different yeah. little bits that you could pick out. So I'm saying that specifically, how does it look to the families, especially if you're not asking them about this? Yeah, well, they don't they don't give a shit. If I was a member of the family, I would I would care less about mm-hmm. um, this guy getting off. I would care more about um, the fact that the cops didn't investigate when this guy was clearly like had guns. It was a yeah. threat to the cops. Like, oh my yeah. god. There's all sorts of re- like red flags that should have been investigated that would have um, stopped this. Well, I'm, the this guy I'm thinking the families out. are all thinking one with the mass casualty. They're they're not even considered uh, the with this restorative justice. They're not being included. They're not even considered. Mm-hmm. And also, there's no investigate the pre. Yes, you're right. So, what's the oh. message? The message is. We don't care about the victims or the families, and nope. apply well, apply a, for restorative justice if you ever get in trouble because that sounds awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it's a prime example that they don't actually care about stopping. Like government doesn't care about stopping crime because they're not doing anything to make sure that when you right. do break the law in regards to guns, that it actually gets enforced. You can apply yeah. for restorative justice, and oh, it's wiped away. But the people who actually do pay pay attention to the law and follow it. Are the ones that are getting penalized? Like it was a, it was a horrible, horrible, horrible event that happened. Mm -hmm, Absolutely, absolutely. but it could have been. There was so much that could have been done to prevent it. But But the other thing is also like the people that are took part in this or contributed to it aren't being held accountable. That's it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, makes it worse. Yeah. Yeah. So burns my ass. Okay, we can move on. Okay. (laughs) Move on from the burning ass. Um, significant number of firearms stolen in southern Alberta gun break-in, gun club break-in. Where was this? Dunmore? Dunmore? I don't know. I've never been to this gun range. Okay. So I didn't hear anything about this. So what happened? Uh, the gun club had some restricted stored on site. Uh, someone probably who knew what was going on went there mm-hmm. and uh, stole a whole whack of them. Hmm. Okay. So first of all, was it the stuff was stored on site for club members? So mass storage basically for gun members. Terrible idea. Which, yeah. you know, was something that was presented previously yeah. as part of, so let's go and store everything at the gun club yeah. and then, yeah. right. Let's move it to one spot. Yeah. Yeah, which one of us would make it easy for thieves to gather them, right? So, yeah, they have an alarm and a security system there, but um, like police response time to break ins is slow. Yeah, Um, especially in rural areas. Yeah, I think this this one's not super rural. Like this one is uh, is not that far, but it's still like like gun stores inside major cities get broken into and get all the get gun a bunch of guns stolen, and the the thieves are gone way before cops show up. I don't know how you're supposed to expect that uh, the cops are going to show up in time to stop a, a robbery at a, a gun range, which 
may or may not be super rural. Like the gun, the gun ranges. I'm a, I'm a member of uh, Sherwood Park and Chaz. Like they're both out in pretty pretty far away from any major center. By the time a call comes in and a cop a cop a cop could be sitting at that desk and uh, and get that call, it's turnaround time is probably going to like 45 minutes an hour. Yeah, they're yeah. long gone by then. Now taking like 15 minutes if they know what they're doing. Yeah, yep. I think central storage is a bad idea. Absolutely. Okay, it's southeast of Medicine Hat. I just looked mm. it up. Medicine Hat, eh? Don't go down there very often. Yeah. Too hot. Too many rattlesnakes. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm, I'm looking at the pictures. This person looks actually quite feminine and quite small in stature. Maybe a girl. Just saying. That would be excellent for our gender equity. I've been wondering when more females <laughs> would start robbing guns and yeah. stealing from places. We've been doing all these like GBA plus uh, analysis and we haven't been getting anything out of it. Now that we finally have some more female thieves, maybe it's yeah. working. Maybe it's working. It's good. Well, it's good. A while back, there was that female got arrested in Grand Prairie for straw purchases like a year or two ago. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. Yep. Helping those numbers out. Now, what we really got to do is figure out how to get the cops to shoot more females because they, they like they shoot like ninety five percent of the people who are shot by cops are male. It's clear, there's a clear discrimination issue here. Okay, now we're not we're not encouraging more. I'm just trying to get equality here, Kelly. Come on, that doesn't sound restorative at all. So. No. Okay. All right. I'll move All right. <laughs> oh, by the way, it says that a white two-door uh, 2008 Pontiac G6 with a missing rear bumper—that's not distinguishable that at shit's all. Stolen. That shit's stolen. If you're gonna yeah, steal probably. a bunch of guns from a gun place, you're gonna steal a car first and steal that's some true. piece of crap old one. Go knock over the gun store, and there's no like it doesn't doesn't matter. If you could have like they're gonna wear a mask. They got a hoodie and the and the and a mask on. That plate is stolen. They're never catching those guys. True. Unless, well, no, they will, but just later. Yeah. Those guns will show up somewhere. Someone will be high. They'll yeah. catch them. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, looking for a way to help the CCFR fund the massive upcoming court battle. Now is more important than ever. Become a member, donate to the legal fund by sending an EMT to finance at farmsrights.ca. We'll get into. New Gun Stuff, sponsored by Bolt Action Coffee. Slamfire Radio is a brand ambassador for Bolt Action Coffee. The coffee is roasted in small batches and, quite honestly, some of the best coffee you can get your hands on. Send it to your house by going to www.boltactioncoffee.com and enter discount code SLAMFIRE, all uppercase. And for New Gun Stuff... Yeah, the have... first one I had here is uh, Spectre Ballistics released their new 180 upper. Um, so another, uh, WK WSMCR compatible upper, uh, this one uses a, a mil spec Picatinny rail. So the other ones don't, they use a, a non mil spec, uh, rail in order to get the same height, uh, rail as the forehand. Uh, but that means some rings or mounts don't work on them. Uh, mm. so my, uh, my Aimpoint pro won't mount on a WK or a WSMCR, not with the factory mount. So I have to use something else. And some EOTEX uh, won't mount on those rails either. Anything that's like big and bulky on the uh, on the rail itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, so um, I between having like a receiver rail that matches the forehand or having like a proper 
mil spec rail. I'd rather have the mil spec rail. So I think they, they chose the right way to go with that. It means there's a tiny step down at the receiver, but it's, I think it's worth it. Oh, I had a dumbass moment this week with my WK. So before mm-hmm. I was looking, I was buying mm-hmm. sling attachments and everything to put into the gun and that. Yeah, I realized that there's like three holes at the end that are QD. <laughs> those QD cups. Yeah. Oh, those are so good. Uh, well, no, it's just, it was milled into the handguard and it's just slightly bigger diameter. And then it's cut out mm-hmm. with the lip for the just press in QD sling attachments. And oh, and I had one of my sling points for just the clamp from the magpole in mm-hmm. that hole. And I was like, hmm, okay. <laughs> uh cutie cups are amazing that's that's the way to go the push bu- push button sling sw- swivel attachments are the best yeah in my opinion but, yeah that's um, my dumbass moment this week too. nice uh, brought, to by, <laughs> brought to you by i have uh mdt acquired long range arms long range arms makes a cool little electronic level so you can get like a bubble level for your uh for your precision rifle uh they're a little bit slow though like to to fully check and see that what's going on so an electronic level uses uh green like leds to tell you how level your rifle is so in terms of like quickness in use it's very quick and uh, for that reason it's probably a lot a pretty interesting to some prs people which mdt has been focusing on so i think that's uh that's an interesting acquisition so we'd like to welcome back by popular demand tracy wilson of the ccfr uh, hi tracy how are you Good. You guys have like the button for the screaming audience sound effects, right? Yeah. Yes. Okay, yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, doing good. Very busy. Things are crazy, as you know. Um, yes. But yeah, very good. I'm back from BC, seeing my good buddy, Mr. Giltaka, doing a ladies' range day. And then, of course, right back into the swamp that is Ottawa. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, so we had some news yesterday, which was not unexpected, but there seems to be a lot of uh, confusion out there. I read your story. and I know you guys are putting out a lot of stuff, but there's still like people that don't completely get what's going on. And so if you want to, we can get into that. For sure. So I've had emails and PMs and messages and texts and the phone's been ringing and everyone's like, what is this new bill? What's happening? These are, you know, what is this new thing? So first off, this isn't new. These are the measures from C-71, which of course was the horrible legislation that received royal assent back in 2019. We fought this hard for a solid 14 months. Um, Some of the measures in that bill came into, uh, you know, were implemented immediately upon passing of the bill and other ones require an OIC with which to be implemented. Now, I know everyone's upset. Well, the government's using OICs again. This is actually the proper use of an OIC. An OIC, order and counsel, is meant to be used to implement smaller parts of a bigger piece of legislation that's already gone through the parliamentary process. So first off, this is the proper way to do things. Whether we like it or not, or it, you know, these are good measures or not, of course, is entirely up for debate. Now, these, there are two specific measures that came into uh, implementation. Well, they're not actually implemented yet. They will come in on May 18th, but they've been announced. Marco Mendicino, public safety minister, did a train wreck of a press conference uh, trying to detail what he was doing. But I'm going to break it down in simple, easy to understand terms. So the two new measures are 
Um, number one, I like to call it the Long Gun Registry 2.0, which mm-hmm. are transfer slash reference number records. We'll get into what that is. The second measure is store records. So these are two separate issues. There's been some confusion today. I think one of the retailers was posting, uh, you know, kind of got, got his wires crossed and posted some stuff that w- wasn't entirely accurate. But yeah, it's under, yeah, it's totally understandable because this is very confusing. And mm-hmm. I know um, I know it's easy to get it all turned around. So I'm going to do my best to try and straighten that out now. So first of all, transfer records. What is that? So this is for the private sale of firearms. So let's say I got a shotgun. I want to sell it to Kelly. It's a non-restricted. As it stands now, up until the 18th, I could just be like, yeah, Kelly, give me 500 bucks for the shotgun. She'd look at it, say, yeah, okay. I'd look at her pal, make sure she's a a licensed gun owner. We can make the, the transfer of cash and gun, and I'd be on my merry way. So what the the idea behind this is, is they're saying, well, how do you know when you look at that PAL, if Kelly shows it to me, how do I know that it's currently valid right at that moment? And to be perfectly honest, you don't. Now, I've said for a long time, there's a way that we could know that and retailers use it. There's a portal that exists that retailers have access to. You could put in the PAL number and it could just say simply valid, suspended, expired, not valid, whatever. Why not just give us access to that? But the reason they don't is because they don't trust us to do that process every time. So what they're requiring from us is now, if I want to sell Kelly my gun, I got to say, okay, Kelly, do you want to buy my shotgun? She says, yes. I got to take my information. I got to go online. I got to enter it into this new portal that'll be open up. um, I think on the 16th, it'll be, or the 18th, it'll be open. And then she's got to give me all her info. And I got to enter it in. So her pal, her information, the the measure between uh, individual gun owners doesn't require you to put the actual data about the gun. So make model um, caliber, all that you don't you don't put that. It doesn't contain the information about the gun. It's basically just a reassurance that you've you, that you've that both pals are valid. And then of course the system is supposed to automatically generate a reference number that'll be tied to the transaction. So that transaction will be held by the registrar in a registry of transactions. It's almost all the way to a gun registry. Yeah. It's, it's just missing those, you know, a couple little fields in there, which are make, model, and caliber, whatever, right? Now, so that that's one thing. And this all sucks. I'm not explaining it away to justify it because it all sucks, to be perfectly clear. However, I'm just trying to explain it so everyone understands what it is. That is a different measure than the store records. Store records are something that um, gun retailers had to keep in the past up until 2012. Uh, They were required to keep basically a ledger of store sales. Now, a lot of stores keep records now for reasons to do with Revenue Canada, filing their business reports, all of this stuff, but that's personal stuff they keep as a business. What they're required now is if you go into a retailer and you buy a non-restricted firearm after May 18th, they will basically register that firearm. They have no choice. Um, so your information will go into a store record that is kept and owned by the store, along with the information about that gun, make, model, serial number, everything. Now, they've got to keep those records for 20 years, which 
I don't know who picked that number out of the sky, but that's that's the number they chose. So for 20 years, the retailers required to keep those records. Um, now, there was some information that came out during the press conference about the fact that um, RCMP or law enforcement in general, would they have access to that information? So the, the retailer is not required to give it to the CFO or the government, like the old store records, they're entitled to keep it and hold it themselves. But could a cop access that? And the answer is yes, absolutely. And they do not need a warrant. Now they're supposed to have reasonable grounds, but whatever reasonable grounds is, is defined by the law enforcement officer in question. So, I mean, it does open us up to, um, you know, some privacy concerns. I also have privacy concerns with the individual transfer of a non-restricted firearm. You know, at least what they were talking about before was having each gun owner contact the CFO, separately. put in their information separately. Yeah. You know, I call the CFO, give my info. Kelly calls the CFO, gives her info. They check us both out. We're both good. They approve the transfer and, and assign us a reference number. Well, now she's got to give me that information. So my question is, what's stopping some internet troll somewhere from joining one of the gun forums, getting in there, accessing people's information with a fake sale? All he needs is, is to get your information. And now he has that information to go out and buy guns with under your license. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's a problem yeah. for me. Um, so we have brought that up to the uh, Minister of Public Safety. I sent... Um, a technical breakdown today of some of our concerns. I mean, I, I hate the whole thing. It should be scrapped. Um, but, you know, we, we're we're stuck dealing with something that we're not in control of. We mm-hmm. fought this hard in 2019. It received royal assent, uh, regardless of all the work that we did, regardless of the amendment suggestions by the Senate. So we're stuck with it. So we've got to work within it until we can get a political solution. So those are basically the two the two measures that have been brought in, they come into force May 18th. Um, my recommendation to anybody who's sort of had their eye on something non-restricted to begin with, um, go shopping. <laughs> like right now. No. Like, okay, not right now. Watch the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right after. Go, right over, go shopping. I do, have, do you have any, do you have any information on how long it's going to take between, so say you're selling me that shotgun for $500. By the way, what brand is it? Is it a good one? The Mossberg. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, um, so if I gave you that information, how long is it going to take to process that? So is it immediate? Will you yes. know that it's valid and I can actually uh, buy the shotgun for you? Or is it going yeah, to Yeah, so it, I mean, we're, we're talking about hypotheticals because, of course, none of us have been able to actually do it yet. Yeah. Um, I guess we're going to find out on May 18th. I'm, I'm probably going to crash the system single-handedly, but, you know, which will be great. Um, but, yeah, I, 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 apparently it's open 24-7 online, so you'll be able to punch all this stuff in. It's going to be onerous, and you're going to have to enter all this data. It's supposed to do an automatic cross-reference of the two PALs, give you the green light, and issue you an automatic electronic reference number, supposedly. I mean, I don't know. I guess we're going to have to wait and see. I know there was um, – I got an email today from the Bancroft Rod and Gun Club. They yeah. had a gun show coming up and they've canceled it. And then I kind of thought about it. Well, why, why are you canceling the gun show when this is supposed to be open up and running on the 18th and mm-hmm. uh, workable? They don't have Wi-Fi. 
Mm-mm. Right? So oh. this, this is going to be a problem for, um, you know, gun shops. This will be a problem for like retailers out in really rural areas that aren't online. Mm-hmm. Like this is a problem for anybody who's anywhere that doesn't have great internet access, which believe it or not, is still a good portion of the country. Yeah. So yeah. I know um, I spoke with Wes Winkle tonight. He is the president of the Canadian Sporting Arms and Ammunition Association. They're the gun shop lobby. We're the gun owner lobby. And we were talking about this. And he said that they put forward a recommendation to public safety that there be, you know, something like a, some kind of call-in option for places that don't have internet, you know, rural areas, uh, whatever, you know, there's people who don't simply don't have internet. So what, you can never buy or sell a gun again? Like what? Mm. So um, public safety said they'll take it into consideration, which may, basically means it's off, right? Yeah. So, well, I, yeah. Like look at the wait times that they've got on calls right now. Could you imagine trying to do like every oh, yeah. non-restricted purchase? It takes you like for two people, probably like 45 minutes of, of just like waiting on hold and, uh, and actually yeah, talking to people to get that done. Yeah. And the volume is way too high as well. They're going to have to have that option, though. Well, you would think so. But here's the thing. For them, you know, is it their goal or intention to sort of streamline the system and make it easy to use for gun owners so that we can go ahead and have our interactions and transactions? No. It's intentional. I don't think it's a side effect. I think it's... It's It's intentional. Make things difficult. People will give up. Yeah, absolutely. Like, the gun show already canceled. You know, it's been announced one day and... Yeah. And we got shows dropping. So, and I don't blame the show. I mean, I get it. If you don't have internet, what's the point? Like, what are you going to do? Make the deal and then d- drive somewhere to find internet? Like, it's not going to yeah. work. Right? It's not yeah. practical. No. no. So this will be an end to small town gun shows. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not good. Yeah. yeah. So, and I mean, at the end of the day, um, what they've done here is they've created two separate registry systems. So you've got yeah. the LGR 2.0, I like to call it, which is the individual gun owner registry system. We have to facilitate it for them. It's us doing the registry, right? With their online automatic portal, supposedly. And then the other system, which is the store record system, they've got gun shops doing it. Mm-hmm. So they've created two new registration systems that they don't have to fund, operate, or support. Well, neither of them are very good either. Like the uh, yeah. uh, the shop one is is at the shop, and it could be on cue cards for for all we know. Yeah. Um, and then the individual one, as far as I know so far, doesn't include the firearm maker model. So, so far, there's yeah. get like there's guesswork on that. Oh well, this person transferred this, and this person transferred that, and uh, I don't know, maybe. But that becomes quickly a too large of a problem if people are too prolific in their gun selling and buying. Yeah. I mean, I asked Rod about that. I'm like, well, how would they know like what gun I sold you if we don't report that information? And he goes, well, you know, I think for, for right now, it's not going to do a heck of a lot of good, but you know, 10 years from now, yeah, if, I go, it. if I go to Cabela's tomorrow, well, okay. May 19th, I go to, you know, Cabela's or I go to FOC or I go somewhere and I buy a brand new gun that is now going to be kept in their store registry, right? Even if it's non-restricted, it'll be kept on their store logs. So that's something police can go and access. And then if they come to me and they're like, hey, you bought this gun at FOC on May 19th, 2022, produce it. Yeah. 
And I'm like, oh, I don't have it. I sold it to Kelly. Kelly has it now. And they're like, oh, show us your reference number for that transaction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. Yeah, so that's that's the trick, is it's the combination of the two registries basically complete the circle, right? Now, of course, for stuff you already own, it is what it is because it's yeah. not, you know, it's not already registered. Mm-hmm. But anything new going forward, and that kind of sucks for retailers. I'm not trying to discourage people, but yeah, that's basically how it works. Yeah. So yeah. my thoughts on her are eventually it'll get to the point where we will have to actually input any of the registration information that for the personal sales. They will. Oh yeah. The like firearm, it, the, the type and all that kind of stuff. Make yeah. yeah it's number. three fields. Yeah. It's three fields. Yeah. Like, there's nothing from stopping them from adding it. And yeah. if they add it and you don't fill it in and it's a required field, then you don't do yeah. the, the transfer. Do so the yeah. Yeah. I, I am sure 100% sure, you know, down the road, the same liberal government, uh, if they're still in power, will say, you know, that system, it's just, it's just missing a little bit. Let's just add yeah. those three fields. Make yeah. it, needs, it needs more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Saving it for later for sure. Yeah. hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. Yeah. I see Doug's had got a comment there. Yeah. You're right, Doug. Uh, he says we have members in the Northwest Territories, Yukon and Nunavut who have no internet service. So I guess they're not allowed to buy and sell non-restricted firearms anymore. That's right. Like, that's what I'm saying. What do you do? Drive to a different town? Like, yeah. uh, I don't know. Like, yeah, this is, a, this is a, a problem. Yeah. And that reference number is only good for a period of time, right? It's not like you can get a reference number and I'll see it in six months when I come come downtown or whatever right like no you've got to do it so hmm. yeah the ref- is the reference number for a transfer or is it an intention of transfer like I might sell something to Kelly so I'm going to get a trans I'm going to get a re- reference number I may or may not though well that's the thing they have no way of knowing if you actually went through with the sale except right. except if they can track that gun to you as the original buyer mm-hmm. and then you say you sold it but you don't have a reference number for the transaction. I'm going to get lots of reference numbers for lots of people. <laughs> <laughs> everyone, you know, uh, maybe everyone yeah. at the gun club, we should have like a, a swap meet where we intend on trading guns. So we might as well get some reference numbers in place and then I like it. whether we do or not. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. So I'm going to bring up what, uh, there's another comment from Doug and he says, unless I'm mistaken, there's nothing in the legislation that requires us to maintain records of the reference numbers when we do the private sales. Sure. But when they please find a, you know, I mean, it's very unlikely to happen, right? It doesn't really happen. Yeah. But if a police officer came back with a gun that was, you know, maybe Doug sold it to me. I sold it to Kelly. Kelly sold it to Mo down the road. Mm-hmm. Ten years from now, it ends up getting stolen out of the trunk of a car and ends up at a crime scene. They're, like this is the point is they want it for traceability, right? Um, they will have that paper chain to follow. If I say, well, no, I sold it to Doug. Then they're going to be like, okay, where's the reference number? You know, what is it? There should still be somewhere in the, you know, even if I don't keep a paper record of it or I didn't write it down on the chalkboard, um, the CFO will have that information. Oh, let's mm-hmm. see. Back in May of 2022, Tracy sold a shotgun to Doug. Let's look it up. They'll have it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah yeah is there anything else that so any other pieces of uh the that that 
he talked about i know that he was having oh. problems you know there were some talk. good ones in there Cal- 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 asked him a question some, just yeah, yeah he them. just let's yeah. let's do it let's go there yeah. So Dan from Caliber Magazine, <laughs> this is so delicious. Like I got to give him kudos for that. Um, so of course, after the press conference, media lines up to ask their questions and it's all softball stuff, right? Just yeah, lots of softballs at the minister. And it's, you know, of course he's parading out the women from Pauli Sousouvier and the coalition. Of course. They were all there, right? All his little pets. Well, he didn't parade us out. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> Because he doesn't like women who stand up for themselves, right? So, mm. yeah. So, anyways, so he's answering questions from the media. Media are allowed up to two questions. And the very last uh, person to ask a question, I hear, I'm watching it live, right? Jumping up and down in my living room. And it says, <clears throat> next question comes from Daniel Fritter from Caliber Magazine. You're right. And I was like, oh, yeah. Like, throw it down, right? So I was really excited. I'm rubbing my hands together. And <laughs> in part of Marco Mendicino's uh, speech, he was referencing the Polytechnic shooting. And of course, mm. um, Mark Lapine or Gabriel Garby or whatever you want to call him. I, we probably shouldn't even mention his name. He did this horrendous act. He killed 14 women, yeah. you know, innocent women who didn't deserve it. It was horrific. It was awful. He was a licensed gun owner. Um, and then he killed himself, right? So, you know... I, I just try and think about what that was like that day. And there's this dead guy monster on the floor uh, with his gun. He's dead, right? So Marco Mendicino says that the Longan registry was crucial in tracking down Mark Lapine. Mm-hmm. Like the dead guy in front of you? Like what? Yeah. He's literally dead in front of you. Yeah. And... The funniest part was, and, and Dan from uh, Caliber Magazine caught him on that, but the part that slipped by was the fact that the Polytechnic shooting happened in 1989. The yeah. London Registry was born in 1995, six years after the shooting. How did the Long Gun Registry help you in a shooting six years before it was even crafted? Yeah. Oh, his his bobbling of that question was just mwah, just loved oh, it so much. Yeah. <laughs> he, he, yeah. he was so out of like he, he was not expecting yeah. to get called on it. He had nothing, nothing. And he, he was had just nothing. like and the video, anybody listening, if you go on to uh, Caliber Magazine um Facebook page, he clipped that part where Marco's trying to answer, and it's just so damn awkward. But so delicious, right? <laughs> and he's just squirming and twisting. And I imagine inside he's like, oh. And then they muted Dan. He didn't get any second question. And that was the end of the questions. Like, okay, this first conference is over. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, you're damn right it is. Oh. Yeah. yeah. So, so, is, so is he better, worse than Bill Blair then? Um, he's different. So Bill Blair... Like we call him Bootstrap Billy. I'm not going to get too hyperbolic, hyperbolic on your show, but um, hyperbolic. <laughs> he's a he's a he's a very uh, rough, hard man. Um, he's not a good person. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's also responsible for the G20, you know, uh, yes. human rights atrocities. Like, you know, bit of a monster there. Whereas with Marco. I don't, I don't think he's at that same level. It's almost like, like when I watch Marco Mendicino in a press conference, I can't help but take like a Ronald McDonald painted face and put it on him. 
that's how I see them, right? Like, do, 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 do. Yeah. Well, yeah. I had something you said that Dan got one question out. I don't know if I saw a different video, but he actually got a second question in. Oh, did he? Yeah. And it was awesome because his lead into it was like, well, that didn't answer my question. And then, but well, anyways, we'll move on to the second question. And, oh, crap, I just had a, what he asked. Well. Oh, it was in re- relation to gun crime and how since the ban, it, like, it was oh, falling right. numbers before. Yeah, and then went up. Yeah. as soon as they banned in 2020, it's starting to climb again. That was too easy to weasel out of, though. Yeah, like he had a like with with the first question, he was just completely flat footed. There was nothing he had. He didn't even have like some way of angling it off and talking about something random. He was just stuck. Whereas with that second one, he's like, "Oh, well, that's why we're doing more." Oh, yeah, yeah. crime is up, yeah. so we got to respond to it. Yep, yeah. He's a new politician in the position, and he's not actually educated on it he doesn't know he's a politician no. whereas just bill blair wasn't a politician previous to this and he's no. not much of a politician either and he's my anyways i'm just going to <laughs> bootstrap billy like there's a reason we call him that like yeah yeah like keep your head away from any curbs around that guy that's what i'm saying <laughs> be careful um okay. Did we have anything more on this talk? Because I want to move on to something actually okay. positive. One, one short last thing. So I did see some information floating around, some screenshots. I don't know. I think it was a conversation from, um, what's that one I don't like? What's that app I don't like? Instagram. That's it. Oh. I can't figure it out. Yeah. Um, so anyways, I think that's where it was from. But it was a confusion of those two new measures. <clears throat> and for some reason, um, people were implying that in order to drop a gun off at a gunsmith, you know, to maybe have a new barrel or a new scope put on it or whatever, that you had to go get one of these transfer reference numbers for transfer of ownership. Not, no, no, not at all. Now, would that gun shop or gun repair place put you in the ledger, in the store records? Yeah, probably. But that's something entirely different than sending it up to the CFO. So, yeah. so it's, think, still a, it's still a, a registry entry, right? So if you send right. in your gun to get rebarreled, now your gun is on the books as being with Yeah, you. which it is now yeah. at most gun shops. Like if you drop a, a gun off to be repaired, it usually is now. What's it's creepy is you have to keep that record now for 20 years. So if I drop a gun off tomorrow, get it repaired, pick it up the next day, you know, it would be entered. Then it, there would be another entry saying I picked it up and it's it's gone back with its owner. For some reason, that information is important to keep for 20 years. I, I mean, written down a post-it note, crumpled and put into a big box. That's yeah, it's, it's all stupid. But no, you don't have to call and do that weird transfer thing like that mm. and get a reference number. That That's the point I wanted to make. So that I think people are confused because they're thinking about how there is the new ATT and that gunsmithing was excluded from it. Yeah, right. Like, and that's where you're restricted. Like, you right. still, yeah, you still have to do that. Right. Uh, you don't need an ATT to take your non-restricted uh, to uh, to a gunsmith at all. Um, yeah. But yeah, they'll probably put it in their in their store log, which most right. of them kind of do now. Right. Uh, no, so, but that's where people were talking about having to call, and now they're confused about it. So, yeah, that, yeah, so. it's restricted versus non-restricted. Non-restricted, yeah. you don't need an ATT for anywhere. Correct. Yet. 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 Yeah. No. Just wait. Knock on wood. <laughs> These people. Yeah. 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 Okay, Mo, did you have a question? Yes. Now let's okay. so let's talk about positive stuff now. So 
Uh, coming up is National Range Day, which I think is a great idea. And I wanted to know what the response has been like from the various ranges across Canada. And uh, Well, I am so excited for this. So we, we've yeah. actually flirted with this idea for a couple of years and just never really been able to pull it off. Now, we left ourselves a little bit short notice this year, but we were trying to come up with the perfect date because it's got to be the same every year, right? So it'll always be the first Saturday in June going forward until the end of time. And so we came up with this idea and there's a lot behind it. It's easy to say, let's just make a day where, you know, ranges and gun owners and hunters and retailers and the whole community all across the country from coast to coast get together and celebrate on the same day. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got national Putin day, national, you know, waterbed day, like all these stupid days. <laughs> Why isn't there a day for gun owners? Right. Um, and if, of course, if we sit around waiting for the government to give us a day, it's never going to happen. So we're just taking it is how that works. Nice. Um, yeah. So that's how we came up with it. But then, you know, of course, Rod being the brainchild of all of these crazy things that we do, he's like, well, look, we need this whole infrastructure behind it. You know, we need a website. And I'm like, okay, you know, well, I can make like a, I'll make like a, a story on the CCFR website. And he's like, no, man, this has to be not CCFR branded. We can't expect other organizations or other associations or wildlife federations. You know, I mean, there's been, you know, little riffs in the community since the beginning of time. And, um, you know, we can't expect them to use something of ours if it's got our logo on it. So what we're going to do is we're going to make National Range Day. We'll do all the work. We'll build it. We'll build the infrastructure. We'll spend all the money to do that. Um, but we're not going to brand it. We're not going to own it. And in fact, hopefully 20 years from now, when you're celebrating National Range Day, the 20th anniversary, you won't even remember how it started. It's just a naturally occurring, awesome, kick-ass day across the country. So yeah, you can go to nationalrangeday.ca. You can register your event. There's an interactive map. You can find an event near you. Um, a lot of clubs have been registering their events. I don't, I think there's almost a hundred on there now. Of course it's the first year. I think it'll grow year by year. Yeah. Um, there's a bunch of resources on there for all you TikTokers and social media influencers. There are some animated logos you can add to the, to your videos and make them really cool. There's posters on there. There's logos. Those are belong to everybody. Um, you know, we, we pay to have them developed and, and made, but whatever, like this is for everyone. So mm-hmm. that's the idea behind it. I'm of course, I can't do anything normal. I just got to turn everything into literally a circus. So I'm literally having a circus at my range. I've got bouncy castles, a two-story inflatable slide, a 64 foot long ins- inflatable obstacle course. We're having potato sack races, face painting, guns, like we've got everything, right? Cotton candy. Yeah, so I'm literally turning my event into a circus. So. And that's Eastern Ontario? Yeah, that's out at EOSC, just on the uh, east end of Ottawa. I got the team from Vortex coming, and I got some chalky coming. Like, nice. Yeah, it's going to be great. Yeah. Yeah, so that's really positive, and it, it makes me feel good. I'm going to make a post, actually, tonight on social media and get some of these uh, – we got all these beautiful gunny girls out there making cool little TikToks and stuff. And yeah, we have recruit them to uh, make a bunch of um, national range day TikToks and just keep spreading the word. So, and after, after these things happen as well, share your social media, 
put it everywhere, whether it be everywhere. on Facebook, Instagram, or everywhere, so that people can see that you know what their neighbors, their friends, their relatives, their people that they work with, they are participating in this National Range Day. Mm-hmm. Well, and here's the idea behind it: the the whole purpose of it. Like, why even bother? going through all this work and effort, right? Well, y'all know, and I'm sure everyone listening to the show right now knows, the number one best way that you can influence somebody on their opinions about guns and gun ownership is by taking them to the range. Mm -hmm. You can fight on social media, you can send them links and show them stats. And, you know, I mean, I do it 24 hours a day all my life. um, And it works, you know, it's a lot of work. Or you can just shut up and take them to the range. Yep. And that's literally what we're doing. Take it. If if every gun owner, there's 2.3 million gun owners and 37 million Canadians. If everybody took 16 people to the range, that's all the people, all yep. of them. Yeah. And and you almost never hear that the person that was taken didn't like it, didn't enjoy it. Even if they went in completely scared, they they came away happy. Yeah, hundred mm-hmm. percent. I've never. I'm, you know, and look at the end of the day, if you come and you try and you're like, you know, it's okay, but it's not really for me. Um, you know, although I'd like to turn every Canadian into a gun owner, I don't really have to, but I need every Canadian to stop supporting bad liberal policy, right? We want credible measures to address crime and violence and fair and effective legislation for gun owners. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And cheaper gas prices, so I can get to. Oh my god! <laughs> it's worse than the price of ammo. Like, oh, I love it. It is. Love it. <laughs> All the Albertans just loving these high oil prices. Mm-mm-mm. Stop <laughs> it! Don't be selfish. Stop it. <laughs> oh yes, you guys have a totally different understanding of freedom than we do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What about what's going on with the uh, any updates on the legal challenge? Let's talk about that a little bit. Yeah, so the only thing that works uh, slower than the speed of politics is the speed of court, right? Yep. So I know I, I'm always like, so what's happening now? What's happening now? Um, but we we actually did recently did a huge data dump on propertyjustice.ca. That's a website we already owned for some other shenanigans that we did before. And we sort of repurposed it as a repository to hold all the court files. So, um, you know, I think there's, six or seven legal actions against the government um, opposing the OIC gun ban. Uh, The CCFR case is sort of the big case. So a lot of our evidence is being used by the other cases, which is fantastic. You know, like we don't mind spearheading that because at the end of the day, as long as we win, somebody wins, we all win. Right. So, so that's great. But if you go on propertyjustice.ca, you're going to see everything is there. We've got, you know, all the, all the court applications, all the affidavits, all the cross examinations. Uh, last week, I had most of Twitter laughing their heads off because we posted up the cross examinations of Dr. Najma Ahmed, um, you know, which is just a real treat. It's hundreds of pages, but it's an easy read because there's only like five lines per page, right? It's it's a, a transcript, so it doesn't read the same as like a book. Um, and then, of course, there's the transcript, a transcript from. Ralph Blake Brown. So Blake Brown, the anti-gun historian that was always running around and uh, speaking off on Twitter. He since killed his um, his Twitter account in anticipation of trying to be some sort of expert in the court. His name, first name is actually Ralph, so make sure you call him that. He hates it. Um, but yeah, so Ralph, uh, Ralph went under cross-examination. But even more exciting, what is coming up very soon will be the cross-examination 
of Miss Wendy Sukir. Ooh. Oh, so delicious. So yeah, I'm really excited about that. So as soon as I'm, we are legally able to put that transcript up, we will. I wish we could just show videos. That would be better, but. but yeah, it would be. Yeah. And then um, what happens after that? She's got to testify, be cross-examined, uh, which should be a total riot. After that, we'll have um, the judge still has to make a decision on all these interveners. Like you've got the NFA applied for intervener stat status on the KNAS tactical case. When yep. you applied for intervener, I think, I know on ours, but maybe on a couple other ones, there's a bunch of people who applied for various reasons, good and, and evil, um, for intervener status. And the judge will have to make decisions on that. There's um, there's sort of a threshold. You have to sort of bring something more than what's already been put out, right? You can't just be like, yeah, I support everything they said. So you got to bring something fresh. So we'll see. I mean, whatever. That stuff isn't nearly as important as it is to get a final decision. But um, I still think we'll be looking towards the fall before we we really get a final final decision on this but yeah 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 but i mean it's it's ticking along at the speed of snails you know but uh <laughs> it's been a lot of work a lot of money we've spent about 1.8 million dollars just to give you wow. transparency Ooh. we've raised about 1.2 so we're about six hundred thousand dollars behind but so why don't you tell people how they can support yes. you <laughs> i hate always asking people for money but this is a problem when you're fighting an entity like the federal government who has an unlimited amount of your money to fight you with, right? Like, um, but yeah, if you go to firearmrights.ca, click right up at the top, you can donate straight to the legal challenge, whether or not you support the CCFR or even like us or uh, can't stand our face, you can still go there and support the legal challenge, which is really important because this will be the definitive case that sort of decides um, property rights, right? Do yeah. we even have property Absolutely. rights? Absolutely, yeah. 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 Richard Lee has put this up. So Tracy, is there any opportunity to cancel the government move by using cabinet privilege to prevent um, disclosure in the case? Well, they did that. Yeah, so they did. We, yeah. So we presented, I think it was uh, 2,800 pages of evidence to um, Associate Chief Justice Jocelyn Gagne. Everyone keeps saying, oh, she's a Trudeau appointee. No, she's a Harper appointee, but she did get uh, promoted by Trudeau. So I'd like to think that she's balanced. In any event, um, the we submitted our evidence, 2,800 pages. You know, she was waiting, waiting from the government. They were refusing to submit any evidence past the affidavit and cross-examination of Murray Smith. That, that was the whole case. Um, so she uh, put gave us a judgment. We won a judgment compelling the government to provide their evidence. And that's when they claimed uh, cabinet confidentiality. And it's like... Oh, so, your evidence to support the, you know, the the need and the efficacy of this sweeping massive gun ban is so secret that even the chief associate chief justice of the federal court of Canada can't know it. <laughs> what? Yeah. Yeah. So they, so they, they they use privilege. So they use privilege, and then they have since come forward and they basically threw Najma Ahmed and Blake Brown at this and walked away. So. They basically still have nothing. Yeah. So I, wow. I don't know. Like I used to think this was maybe um, I don't want to be negative, but sort of uh, you know, I didn't I didn't have a lot of hope for it. But I got to tell you, the further the case goes, and the more 
I talked to Michael and Rod and the legal team. I'm like, I don't know. Like we, we might win. Yeah. So yeah, there's, there's a significant chance. So yeah. Good. Yeah. Yeah. So I know that Mo's doing the interview, but I do have a question. <laughs> kind of take over. Go ahead, Kelly. <laughs> so you've been watching the uh, commission that's been happening in Nova Scotia. Yeah. Yeah. So it's supposed to be more of an investigation, but I'm not really seeing it as an investigation or inquiry. The in- an inquiry means that you're getting a balance and you're you're delving into things as an investigation. You're getting the truth put out there. Yeah. So what I'm seeing is the exact opposite, where we have uh, some of the police officers who are critical of what was happening. Their uh, comments and uh, their statements were stricken uh, from the records. Uh, there are so the lawyers themselves are not able to actually do cross examination, or the questions have to be submitted prior to and approved, so that basically they are they're not really using hardball. <laughs> So what's your thoughts and opinions about that? Because that specifically is what prefaced the uh, OIC. Yeah. So you're right. This horrible tragedy out in Nova Scotia in 2020, this was sort of the catalyst for the liberal government to implement the sweeping gun ban, which of course would have had no effect on um, Gabriel Warman because he didn't have a gun license. Mm-hmm. So they, the government just kind of wanted this to go away after. And they the p- family had asked for a public inquiry and the government denied it. Um, and then there's I, I think they started a legal action or there was a lot of a lot of uproar about this. So they said, OK, fine, you can have your public inquiry and we're going to call it the Mass Casualty Commission. And the idea here is like these families deserve to know what happened, what went wrong, who screwed up, why not necessarily like it, what's done is done. You can't, you can't go back and change it, but maybe you could learn from it to make sure this never happens again. Right. So of course they contacted us and, and offered us a spot on the mass casualty commission. Yeah. Uh, yeah in the beginning, we were the only uh, group, the only uh, Canadian firearms national advocacy group to have a spot on there. Uh, they sent it to me. I forwarded it to Rod. I thought this was probably something that was a little more in Rod's wheelhouse uh, than mine. I'm a little bit more of an eye scratcher than he is. And this is definitely not the forum for eye scratching. It's a very sensitive, delicate conversation. And I think we went into this with the hopes that it would be, you know, like we, we don't have any reservations about being involved because we know this, this guy wasn't from our community. He wasn't a licensed mm-hmm. gun owner. Um, he had smuggled illicit firearms. This has really nothing to do with us. We have two things to to be there for. Number one, to protect the interest of gun owners and make sure this isn't used as a cudgel any more than it already has. And number two, to try and help. Like Rod's got some expertise here, right? Especially in the firearms um, end of it. And they wanted, they asked him some very specific questions. Is there any existing legislation or could there be any future future legislation that would have stopped, prevented, or mitigated this? And the answer is no, like, this is a problem. When someone works outside the system, the system can't contain it, right? So Rod did a really great presentation there two weeks ago now, I guess. Um, it, it was great, it's up on our YouTube channel. Just uh, go on YouTube and look for CCFR channel. Um, you know, it wasn't really long, but it was just a very measured, direct, uh, informed, educated opinion on like, yeah, no, this. 
this isn't a, a question about needing more laws, right? But you're right. I've been watching the way this is unfolding and the weird things happening. And then, of course, there's been a lot of study on the expense of running this mass casualty commission. It's been going on forever. It's going mm-hmm. to continue right up until December, apparently. And, you know, there's been a lot of funding go out, like the Coalition for Gun Control received, yeah. I think, a quarter million dollars, you know. And I just I just hoped that it it would be something that would help heal the community and the families. Uh, like this is just one of those tragedies that's, you know, the, the most important weapon that guy had was his cop stuff, right? His cop yeah. car, his mm-hmm. uniform. Because when you hear, you know, maybe on local radio or on Twitter, the way they announced it, that there's a, a madman running around. I know if that was me and I was driving late on a dark road and I heard that and I'm terrified and I see a cop car, that's exactly who I'm going for. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's, these are the things the the commission should be investigating. Right. And um, they have been looking at some of that, but it seems to be getting twisted in a direction that I don't think is yeah. going to be supportive of the families. No, I don't think the families are getting the answers that they want. And the reason why the commission was actually put together. They're yeah. not. Yeah. And that's yeah. horrible because imagine being those families. And for two years, they've been sitting there, you know, missing their people and devastated. And the community's been torn apart. And this was violent, horrific. And he burned places down and he killed people. Like, this is horrible. Yeah. And, you know, and then to have it, a lot of those families and survivors are gun owners, right? We we heard from many of them. Yeah. And then they see it being used as a political tool and a wedge to support mm-hmm. a gun ban. Yeah. And then they say, you know, we want a public commission or a public inquiry. No, no, we really want a public inquiry. Okay, fine. And now they see this farce of an inquiry, right? Yeah. I don't know how much more these people can go through with that. Oh, someone's at the door. Sorry. <laughs> Special delivery. Yeah, maybe it's Uber Eats or something. Uh, uh, did any, anyone have anything else? I had one final question. It's very important, too. Uh, Tracy, when are you going to be joining the Ipsic community? Get your black badge. I got my black badge. Oh, you do? So I got my black badge a long time ago in New Brunswick with Trevor ah, Furlong. Do you didn't know how know many that. matches I've shot? How many? Like just the one that I did after oh. that. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to hear something horrible? Don't tell anybody. But I haven't been to the range to just, you know, grab Colin and, and some guns and go to the range and shoot some guns in over a year. Oh, boy. Mm. Oh, boy. So I the range and host range days and events. And maybe shoot a gun for a camera, but I actually haven't, I haven't taken any of my guns out in well over a year. Wow. I work every day. So yeah. I watch other people shoot. Yeah. 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 But yeah, I don't know. You know who would be really good at Ipsic is Colin. And I, I've been telling him, I think he should get into it. So get him out there. Yeah. Yeah. I think he'd love it. He'd kick some butt. I think everyone should shoot Ipsic. Every yeah. man, woman, and child. So. I okay, what a mess. Somebody's trying to sell me chocolate bars at the door. Oh, yeah? Did you buy any? <laughs> no, I don't have on me. Anyways. So, yeah. You were talking about Ipsic, so I was talking about guns. Yeah. That's awesome. 
Can we Do you have anything else, Kelly? No, just tell everybody where they can donate, how they can donate, mm -hmm. where they can find uh, you, where they can find the information on National Range Day. Oh, uh, just I've okay. I'm going to blast you with all yeah. the data. Open up your Google machine and punch in CCFR or go to firearmrights.ca. You can find a plethora of things going on there. You can sign up for a membership. It's 40 bucks, includes $5 million worth of personal liability insurance. That helps the CCFR huge and helps you too. And it's really important because numbers means power. Uh, you can donate to the legal challenge. You can go to propertyjustice.ca and have a really good time reading Najma Ahmed losing her mind because they didn't call her Dr. Ahmed. Uh, they called her Mrs. Ahmed. So she completely lost it. So wow. that was that was my favorite part, propertyjustice.ca. Or go to nationalrangeday.ca and check it out there. There's all kinds of fun stuff. There's great videos. Uh, we're going to be putting those out there. Um, if you have any questions about that, you can reach me at tracy.wilson at ccfr.ca. Perfect. Thank you. And then also, if awesome. you want to donate to the legal challenge, just go to fire, uh, finance at uh, CCF. No. Yeah, you sorry. can send an EMT if you don't want to uh, punch your your uh, stuff into the payment processor. An EMT to finance at firearmrights.ca sends Perfect. it straight to the bank account. And that we need every penny we can get. Right. Do you guys take Bitcoin? You know, we've been talking about that. <laughs> <laughs> Might be a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, cool. thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much for everything you do for us, and uh, yeah. keep up the good work and have an awesome uh, National Range Day. Awesome. Thank you guys for the opportunity, and enjoy the rest of the show. All right. Thanks, now go have some wine and go have some sleep. You don't have to say that twice. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. See you later. Bye. Take care, Bye. Tracy. Bye. Bye. Thanks again to Tracy for coming on to talk to us about all the stuff that's been going on lately and upcoming things with the uh, CCFR. Yay. Yay. We'll get into listener feedback sponsored by Armory DC Gunsmith. Armory DC Gunsmith is a full service gunsmith who specializes in firearms refinishing. He offers hot bluing, park rising, and Cerakote finishes, as well as wood refinishing. Check out his online inventory of new and used guns, firearms accessories, optics, and more at www.dcgunsmith.ca. You can also follow him on Facebook and Instagram. We have one letter, and uh, I'll just read it tonight then. Uh, good evening, Slamfire. I was wondering if your clubs ever have issues getting members involved in the events at your ranges. I am part of a small rural club, less than 100 members, and the attendance at some events at most 25, 35%. Hmm. I try to send <laughs> oh, that's amazing. <laughs> they don't realize their, their, their attendance rate is like 10 times what a typical club would have. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I can't imagine the clubs that, that, uh, that I'm a member of, they could never get even close to that number. They wouldn't fit on the range. Yeah. They wouldn't fit on your range. Yeah. True. Sherwood park or jaws. Those are just, you couldn't, you couldn't get 20, membership is just silly. Yeah, 25% of like 5,000 members. Yeah. <laughs> That's like way too many people. Um, and then it goes on to say, I try to send out informative emails of what's going on at the range and updating the social media we do have, all while trying to keep messages short and I'm bombard their inboxes with messages after message, message after message. Maybe this is the wrong approach and I don't know. If you or your listeners have th any thoughts or ideas, I would love to hear them, Sean. 
Yeah, it's a good question, especially for those smaller clubs where, where you're having a hard time. Um, my, I'll be honest, my club, we have a hard time with it as well. And we have, we don't have a hundred members. We have a lot more than that, but hmm. not so many as, as Chaz, but hmm. it is, uh, just members, um, we don't have a, an email where we can just mass email people out. There's a problem. You can't. I have one club where I get emails like if somebody sneezes, whereas the other club, I don't get any emails. And then the website, you have to have a password and it's not always updated. So and then we don't have anybody taking care of the social media aspect as well. So whereas my other club, they have a great social media aspect and I go and check things out on there and they advertise things. So it's kind of like you have to, I think food if you have food people will come yeah. mm-hmm. does that make sense i think it like facebook, facebook is a really good one for this yeah but mentioned that that's the obvious one because facebook's easy yeah it's easy for range administrators because often range administrators like you can't maintain a website and yes. emails can get kind of tricky facebook is easy anyone can do facebook yeah, but you also have to recognize that there's some people, especially from uh, in clubs that have a little bit of the older generation, they're not really Facebookers. So you have to have email, you have to have a sign posted at the range, you have to utilize every single thing too. But yeah, Good point. So the clubs that are successful will use all types. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like what we do the social media, we update the website with all our events we still like get trying to get uh club members out to a registered match mm. it, it's like pulling teeth and we and you on know, those matches we have all the food so mm. like, you show up there's breakfast there's lunch there's a smoked barbecue supper everything's there and we still struggle um internally we're trying to get we're trying to get better with the social media and I, that's where I'm, I'm trying to help out and we're trying to get better at it and just more get regular. Cause we've, I've been talking to people and because we aren't so regular with our Facebook, we just post when there's an event or a few days before a meeting or whatever, it doesn't come up on a lot of people's timelines. So it's starting to get to like posting once a week. And then the more, po- more, frequent you are with posting is going to show up on people's timeline so that they can Algorithm, see it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then they like, post a bunch of pictures and make albums for each event. Show them the good time they missed. Show everyone having a great time. The yeah. BSing afterwards at the eating the supper, or having a drink or sitting around the fire or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, That's a good one. And doing that and just show the community. Like it seems to be turning around for us, but still to get them out for a registered match. It was just this year. And yeah. Oh, wow. There's a lot of new local shooters that like people we know were local shooters, but yeah, it's still, it's always a struggle. Yeah. So the administrative side of things were more of the upkeep side of things. Uh, I do know that there's some clubs out there that charge. So you pay for your range membership, but you also have to volunteer for certain days or share time and if you don't, you get charged an extra amount. So that's one way that ranges are because people come out for the matches, but they don't want to do whether it's building or cleaning up the mm. range or emptying out the bed trap or whatever. So 
I like it should that be an option. Idea. I would be able to say pay. like if if you get your volunteer hours, then your next year's membership is discounted. I like that idea. I'm gonna steal yeah. that. That's a great idea. That's great. Because <laughs> that's another thing. So getting volunteers. Means, right. Getting volunteers is worse than getting local people to shoot. Correct. <laughs> like, hmm. So there's that. You know, one one thing I'm just thinking about, maybe like is the question how to get more people to an event, or is the question how to get a more engaged membership? Because I think you get like a more engaged membership by having a variety of low barrier to entry event yeah. types. Yeah, like mm-hmm. uh, a, a clay's night, um, an ORPS. ORPS is very low barrier to entry. That would be a good yeah. one. Uh, Rimfire race guns is low barrier. You to can entry. have all of that, yeah. but you also have to get it out to your members and know, basically promote it to your members because mm-hmm. if they don't know it's there, they're not going to be there. Mm. Yeah. If it's not happening and you're not promoting it within your organization, then you're not going to have memberships or uh, members mm-hmm. attend. And actually, Adriel reminded me of the phrase I kind of come up with the other day, and it's similar lines. It's uh, member involvement. Member involvement. Just being involved in the club. Come out and shoot. Hang out. Talk. Hey, if you can, help out on. There's always stuff going on out there for work and everything. So Yeah. So you want, I think Adriel is right, though. You want both volunteers for member involvement, but also member engagement and attending mm-hmm. for all the fun stuff too. Absolutely. It's just easier, right? If you, yeah. if you have an ORPS club, you're like, Hey, ORPS guys, you guys want to do a range open house day? Yes. We want to do a range open house day. Okay. Any guys available to volunteer? They're all ROs. They can all do stuff. You get more people. And then the next time you get like for a new person coming in, they're like, Oh, I see how this is going. Okay. That guy's knows what's going on. They do a couple of shoots and then they're ready to upgrade as well. So it's a uh, an expansion effect there. Once you get a couple of people um, experienced in hosting events and they're easy, low barrier to entry things, I think you get more people in and a, a yeah. more engaged membership that uh, that's there to do more events. Yeah. Yeah. And that'll, yeah, you're right. That will mean that other things will be happening too. Yeah. Like you yeah. need like you need an exec that supports it, uh, that supports yes. events and, and puts puts some money towards it and that kind of thing, so that you can have the burgers and the the support for the volunteers and that kind of stuff, and and also book the range off and take the heat from the members who are pissed off that they can't just roll in and use every bay that's that's available there. But uh, I mean, if you get that going, it's it's a it's a good thing. I think we do we do need more engaged uh, um, members at our shooting clubs, and I think that uh, yeah. Getting them at, at events is I think a that good way. it's kind of like typically what we'll see. We'll see 10% of the membership doing things, and it's 3% mm-hmm. of those 10% that are doing everything. Do you know what I mean? Yep. And we yeah, need to actually share the wealth a little bit. Mm-hmm. Well, as, as big as the two clubs that I'm a, a member of, if I show up to the range, I'll see someone that I see there most of the time. Most of the time, yeah. yeah. Same yeah. people. Yeah. 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 Okay. If you'd like to email the show, you can at slamfireradio at gmail.com. It could lead to a stimulating conversation such as this. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe that this is an old Patreon, correct? That's we- correct. I didn't remove that. So. That's cool. That's cool. If you'd like to support the show, please do so through Patreon. You can uh, search us there. Uh, do we have any shout outs tonight from anyone? I do. Go ahead, Kelly. 
So I'd like to say thank you to Lord Trent Valley, the executive there, uh, Dave Landis for always supporting us at Project Maple Seed. I'd like to say thank you to Greg Weiss for uh, completing the uh, Stop the Bleed course for us. Thanks. I would also like to say thank you to everybody who attended this weekend uh, who helped out and volunteered as our instructors. Uh, but uh, particularly for those attendees, they brought me wine and t-shirts. <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> it was awesome. It's all about the wine and t-shirts. Yeah. no, It was a fun time, even without wine, wine and t-shirts. That's it for me. I want beer and socks. Oh, beer and socks. <laughs> That's actually okay. not fun. Um, and for my new hat. Thank you, Kyle, for sending it. No problem. That's it. Uh, I got a shout out for Dale from uh, BTSA for setting me up. And he was there all day, both days, helped us set up, helped us... Uh, open up the gates to get people in and uh, helped us tear down at the end of the day as well. So uh, very much appreciated. And to Tom for sticking it out with me and uh, helping run those two events. Yay. It was, it was a, a cornucopia of bad dad jokes between Tom and I <laughs> all, all weekend. Nice. Uh, I'd like to shout out everybody who came to help fill machines throughout the day on Saturday. We had, just the right amount of people to cover the entire course. So, yeah. Awesome. Awesome. And um, check us out on Gun Owners of Canada. Like us on Facebook. I have no idea how many likes we have, but just keep liking us. Uh, give us a review on Facebook. Join the CCFR. Clearly, they're doing a lot for us, so please support them. And uh, see you next week. Good night. Bye, everyone. See you next week. Goodbye. So if you have any comments or questions for the show, please send an email to slamfireradio at gmail.com. Now go grab a gun and shoot something. When the talking is over, it's time to get a gun.